0: Thank you, God, for one more time to stand in this place and preach your word. Thank you for the often times that you have touched us and ministered to us and blessed your word. And we ask you today, O Lord, as we open the pages of this book, that our hearts would be open and that with spiritual ears of understanding, we would absorb what the word of God has to say to the church. Help us today, O oh Lord, to harvest from this message in these next few moments in the Word of God, food for our souls and instruction for us so that our steps can remain ordered by the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We were going over our lesson Wednesday night and came across some very interesting scripture in Colossians chapter 1. It has been with me ever since Wednesday night. I don't know about the folks that were there, but boy, did we ever have an a eye-opener that God has uh, instruction for us about following Him and about keeping pace with what God's will and God's purpose is in our life and what knowledge is, the knowledge of God. Aren't you glad that God... Helped you to come to a place where you have a knowledge of God. But not just a knowledge of God, but a knowledge of the ways and the will of God. To know the will of God and to possess that kind of knowledge. I wish there was some sign that somewhere that would just you could fill out an application or that you could put in your strengths and weaknesses and it would just shoot out a will of God for your life I wish it was that simple but it's not that simple to know the will of God for your life it takes following and it takes searching and it takes praying and it takes reading and it takes study and that's really what Methodism is all about John Wesley and some other guys at Oxford University in England uh, met together and began studying the Word of God and uh, began using tools like Bible study and like prayer and like testimony and, and those kind of methods that they use to know God and know the will of God. And for them, that was salvation. And as they used those methods, then they became to be known as Methodists. And uh, we owe our sanctification roots to John Wesley. And uh, you might say that we are a Wesleyan Pentecostal church because we believe in sanctification subsequent to cleansing. What is sanctification, Pastor? It's growing up. It's maturing. It's learning how to throw off things that you don't need and putting on things that you do need. It's about putting away childish things. It's about growing mature, and the Bible calls it the perfecting of the saints, or it's bringing us to a place when we could get to all that we can be in God. We ask a question Wednesday night, and we've got a lot of different answers. I said, have you ever heard the expression, more of God? We used to hear people testify, and they'd say, I just want more of God. I just want more of God. What do you mean when you say, I want more of God? I I really don't think people that really know what they mean when they say, I just want more of God. Well, if you want more of God, what that means is you need to get into this book and find out what God is like and what He does and how He feels about things in our lives and what's going on here in our society, in our culture, and line ourselves up with what God says. In fact, He just simply says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore be ye followers of God. Followers of God. One, one rendering of that verse by theologians and scholars would say that that word means to mimic or or to imitate God. It, It would mean that you would take the things that are of God and own them for yourself. That you would love like God loves. That you would forgive like God forgives. That you would act like God acts. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is really helping people get past some of the things that injure us in our testimony, and our, our pursuit of, of God's will for our lives. It, it sounds like Paul is saying to the Ephesians, hey, you guys behave yourselves. That's what it sounds like because he tells them to put away lying, he tells them to put away anger, to put away strife, to put away all the things that would disqualify us from being what God really wants us to be, of being that chosen vessel that God can work through, that, that person that his life is submitted to God and his, his whole living, His whole being is absorbed in who God is and what God does and how they relate to who God is and what God does for them. Amen. The song says, He did for me what no other power could do. He did something for me that nothing else in creation could do for me. He helped me pass the biggest crisis of my life. What is the biggest crisis of anyone's life? It's what are you going to do with Jesus? For every one of us sitting here today, we have to answer that question. What are you going to do with Jesus? Amen. Amen. For people that are saved, they would shout out, I'm going to accept him and what he did at Calvary. I'm going to accept his shed blood for remission of my sin. I'm going to accept him as Lord of my life. But for those that have never made that step, then the question still remains unanswered. What are you going to do with Jesus besides ignore him? There will come a time when every one of us in this house can't ignore him anymore. There will come a time, and there's one thing that will bring all of that to pass. You know what it is? I tell the story about the prodigal sometimes and about his going off into the far country, and the, the father said, I, I, will, I would love for somebody to go and find my son. And, and a, a person showed up, and he said, I'm love. And he went into the far country, but love could not bring him back. Hope knocked on the door and said, I'll go get him. But Hope was not successful either. Faith knocked on the door. Said, do you believe we can find him and get him? Yes, I believe it. But Faith wouldn't bring him home either. But finally there was a knock at the door and this person said, I've never failed. I always bring him home. He said, well, what is your name, sir? He said, my name is Time. My name is Time. The Bible said the time is coming when every knee. I said the Bible said the time is coming when every knee. Every knee. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. One day everybody will confess that Jesus is Lord. So that's going to happen someday. So why don't you make it happen now now? while it will do you some good. It won't do you any good at that day. The time when it will do you good is now. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. While the evil days come not when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Today is the day. One of the saddest scriptures in all of, The Bible in Jeremiah when the Lord said the summer is past and the harvest is ended and we're not saved what a sad commentary that is the harvest is ended summer is past and we're not saved what an awful thing for someone to realize is that they have no salvation no salvation for those who have salvation You've entered into a realm of being translated. In fact, Colossians chapter 1 tells us that we're translated out of the kingdom of darkness or the power or the domain and dominion, the dominion of darkness. You're delivered, rescued, one commentary said, rescued from the power of darkness and translated, translated. What not a great word translated? One translation, Ellicott said it this way, brought into the kingdom of God, brought out of darkness into the kingdom of God. That same kind of vocabulary is, is used that we are brought out of the darkness into His marvelous light that we may show forth the praises of Him who is called us out of the darkness into His marvelous light. Listen at the transition that takes place when you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. There's some movement that takes place spiritually. You you don't posit yourself anymore in the domain of darkness, but you now have become a child of the light. And the Bible said, we now are children of the day. Children of the, uh, of, the, of the light. And what a wonderful place that is to be in God. To be in God. That Colossian letter. Let me read you some of it in verse 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Buddy, I wish I had somebody that I knew like that that would say, Jerry, since the first day I met you, I have not stopped praying for you since that day. What a friend that would be. What a blessing that would be to have somebody that when they met me, closest I've ever come to that, was I was about right up yonder, about 42 feet over your head. I was on a lift and was helping that young fellow put that, those tiles up there. 42 feet up in the air. Someone came in the building and, and said, hey! And I said, yes. He said, can you come down? And I said, this thing is what we call an articulating lift. It takes it about 10 minutes to unwind all the articulating it's got to do. So it better be good if I'm going to come down and it's going to take me 10 minutes to get down there and 10 minutes to get back up here to do what I'm doing. Then it better be good. So I started disarticulating. Finally found myself on the ground and it was the pastor at golden springs baptist Church, roland brown and i said can i help you he just come here from somewhere in tennessee i said can i help you he said yeah i hope i hope i can help you he said i was coming by here in my car and said the lord said go in there and pray for that preacher and he said so i pulled in and said i guess the lord wants me to become your prayer partner I said, well, that's, that sounds good to me. I'm just glad for since that time, Roland Brown and I have been prayer partners. You mean a Baptist and a Pentecostal can pray and be, be prayer partners? Of course they can. Of course. These people are singing to, to, to Paul... We, we have come together in a work of God. Epaphras was their pastor. Isn't that a good name, Epaphras? It's a short rendering of Epaphroditus that you know from Philippians. Epaphroditus was one of the great workers for God. And here is Epaphras. Probably Paul assigned him this Colossian church and he's reported to Paul the good things that are going on. And Paul says, ever since the day I heard that good news, we have not stopped praying and asking God to fill you. Anybody ever been filled? Has your tank ever run over? Has your cup ever been full? We have been asking God to fill you up with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order. This is why we're praying this. That you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Boy, what a description that is of a follower. What a description that is of a person that is rendered their whole life to following after the Lord. You know what the word for that is? Disciple. Disciple. And what we're talking about is discipleship. But could I tell you, there is a discipline that goes with discipleship? Good word. Sounds like a good sermon. Growing into the knowledge of God. Look at verse 11. Being strengthened with all power somebody say all power being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance now paul here is borrowing a term from the olympians of his day endurance how in the world do you relate endurance to a person who's trying to follow after the Lord. You know what endurance? It's stamina. It's stamina. It's the reason why guys get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go to the gym and pump iron for an hour is so they'll have stamina. They build up their legs so their legs will have stamina so that when they compete, they'll be able to run fast. They lift those barbells and they work so hard to build up their endurance so they won't become weary. Now, how does that relate to us? Well, there's still some people that believe that if you seek him early, you'll find him. There are still some folks that believe that you can flex your spiritual muscles in prayer and fasting and become stronger. That you can raise your endurance. That you can make yourself stronger in God and stronger in, in prayer and stronger in believing God for great things if you do those endurance things he's saying to us that we want you to be strengthened with all the power of God that your endurance will be great in other words you don't need barbells and you don't need all of the apparatus you can just simply get in the word of God and get on your knees and apply the word of God to your everyday life and your family and your friends and your workplace and become a person who has spiritual stamina spiritual endurance so that you don't become weary when the way gets tough that when you hallelujah when you're going through a challenge and a, going through a difficulty you're still strong because you've got that endurance and where did you get that endurance You got the endurance from the one who strengthens with all of his might. You mean God uses all of his might to strengthen me? Wow. Well, I want to tell you that is a reservoir that never, ever is depleted. It it never even is reduced because we're talking about the creator God who has all power in heaven and in the earth. That you be strengthened with all power according to the glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, has qualified you, has qualified you, qualified me, made me eligible made me a part of, certified, authenticated. Glory to God. That just challenges my vocabulary a little bit. I just need to roll out some more words that let you know that God's approval. Approval. Hallelujah. That God has made you qualified for what? Qualified made you meet I used qualified for meat, made you qualified to be a partaker in the inheritance of the saints. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. You'd have to have hair the color of mine to know it, but it was, I'm glad I'm one of them. The Happy Goodmans used to sing it. Vestal and Howard, they used to sing, I'm glad I'm one of them. One of them, one of them. I better not get to singing, but that's the, kind of the way it goes. I'm glad I'm one of them. Brother, when it comes to being a follower of the Lord Jesus, I'm glad I'm one of them. When it comes to being a person that believes the Bible, I'm glad I'm one of them. When it comes to a person that loves a move of the Holy Spirit, I'm glad I'm one of them. When it comes to someone that believes in prayer and fasting, I'm glad I'm one of them. If it comes to those people that love to come together with God's people and shout the praises of God, I'm glad I'm one of them. To those that seem to be more exuberant and lively than they ought to be, I'm glad I'm one of them. Amen. I'm glad I'm one of them. I'm glad I'm one of those that feels like God can do anything, that nothing is impossible for him. I'm glad I'm one of them praise god i'm on my way to heaven i'm looking for jesus to come i'm glad i'm one of them praise god i want to tell you i wouldn't be anything else but one of them and i'm glad god has made me qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance with the saints what is my inheritance with the saints what do you mean eternal life the joy The blessed hope. Paul said it this way. There is laid up for me. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day, but not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing praise god i want to tell you there's some people that are glad to be one of them that's looking for jesus to come i'm glad i'm one of them that believes there's a heaven to win and there's a hell to shun i'm one of those that believe that if you live right god will qualify you to have an inheritance in heaven where he is hallelujah have an inheritance, qualified you to share in the inheritance of saints in the kingdom of light verse 13 for he has rescued us for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness brought us in the kingdom of the son that he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin boy did you get what followers do there that list of things followers do listen to it you're filled with the knowledge of god and his will that you should live a life worthy of the lord that you'll please him in every way that you'll be fruitful in every good work that you're growing in the knowledge of god that you receive the divine strength that you have spiritual stamina and patience and that you joyfully give thanks to the father What does the Father do? He qualifies you, He rescued you, and He brought you into the kingdom. Brother, you can preach a long time on that right there. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful what you do and what God does? It's a blessing to know that God does those kind of things and that God takes care of His people. How do I follow after God? There's a great verse in Psalm 6. 63 and 8 it's a verse that has so captivated my heart and it's basically what I'm trying to say to you today it says this my soul clings to you your right hand upholds me wow that's the new international version NIV The King James Version says this, My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. The Amplified Bible says, My whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you. Hallelujah. Are you clingy? There are people, I've heard different ones say, uh, they're just so clingy. They want to touch you. They can't just stand by you and talk to you. They want to, want to, they're clingy. They're all the time wanting to cling to you. <laughs> Are you a clinger? Sometimes I call myself a clunker. Are you a clinger? Huh? Are you a clinger? If you ain't, you ought to be. Pardon me all English teachers for saying ain't. If you aren't, you ought to be. You ought to cling to God. David said, I'm a clinger. He said, brother, the only thing that will get me through is to be a clinger. He said, brother, if you have the troubles I've had in my life, you better be a clinger. You better hope that he'll keep on uh, letting you cling to him too. He said, I follow hard after him. How do you feed giants, David? He said, oh, I'm a clinger and I follow hard. Well, how, how do you run from Saul when he's chasing you, wanting to kill you? He said, oh, I follow hard and I'm a clinger. What do you do when your son, Absalom, is so mad at you, he wants to kill you? Oh, I follow hard and I keep on clinging. What do you do when you've sinned? What do you do when you've disappointed everybody around you? What do you do when you've failed so miserably? You've wallowed on the ground for seven days, mourning. What do you do, David? He said, I just keep following hard, and I keep on clinging if you can just hold on to God, if you can just keep clinging, if you can just keep your relationship with God strong, yes, there'll be times when you'll miss the mark. Yes, there'll be times when you act so immature that you embarrass people you love. Yes, there'll be times when you do stupid stuff. Yes, there'll be some times when you disappoint and hurt and have all kinds of anguish and anxiety going on but I want to tell you if you'll just keep following hard yeah. something just told me thank you Holy Ghost said tell him Jerry that's not just following it's following hard Listen to what it says. It said, follow hard. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds you. My soul follows hard after you. My whole being follows hard after you. How do you follow hard? How do you really rivet it up and not just stumble along, but purposely you walk the walk? In Scripture, when you talk about the walk, You're talking about ordering your life. How do you order your life? Your walk. And he said all of this activity about about following hard after God and depending upon His might and His power is so that you can walk worthy of God. Oh, pastor, how in the world could I ever walk worthy of God? Unless you accept what he has to give, you can never, ever achieve that worthiness that he wants you to have. We know that Jesus, when he looked at those fishermen on the shores of Galilee, he said to them, follow me. Follow me, but you can't stay like you are Just following me. You've got to do something else. Follow me and then I will make you. You see, it's more than just signing a piece of paper. It's more than just walking forward. It's making that public profession, yes. But then you've got to climb up on that altar of sacrifice and you've got to say to God, mold me and make me after your will. Yes, I walked forward, I accepted you into my heart as Savior, but now it's time to get my life conform to the image of the invisible God and it's time for me to get my act together and walk worthy of God. And I can only walk worthy of God if I follow hard. I'm going slow right here because I want you to make sure that that you leave here knowing what I'm talking about. You can't walk worthy of God unless you cling and you follow hard. Follow hard. But look at that scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. And it says, therefore. Why is that therefore, therefore? Because it connects what was just in the previous chapter. What was in the previous chapter, the last verse, 32nd verse of chapter 4, there's no break. Now, the, the chapter, the organizers decided they'd put a chapter there, Brother Don. But I don't know why they did, because you don't interrupt the thought there. It says, be ye kind one to another. Kind. See if I can remember that word thanatōi. that's it. It's the Greek word for compassionate. And you only find it in the epistles. It's not in any of the other books of the Bible, just the epistles. Thirteen times in the epistles, but nowhere else. So what is Paul saying here? He's talking to young believers in a young church, and he's telling them, be ye compassionate one to another. Be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Is that what that says? Tender-hearted. Boy, in our individualistic society, it's hard to find people that are tender-hearted. Well, Brother Jay, I found out if I'm tender-hearted, people run over you. Ain't nobody going to run over me. Don't mess with Texas. Were you missing a blessing? Jesus said, blessed blessed are you when men shall revile you, speak all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. Now, it's got to be for his name's sake. For great, somebody say great, great. If I told you I just won a million dollars, how would you say great? Great! Great is thy reward in heaven. So the meaner people are to you down here, the greater your reward grows in heaven the more slanderous the more mean-spirited the more hateful they spit out and spew out just say whoo praise god my my future is picking up (laughs) glory to god glory to god that's why that endurance is is so necessary but if you've got that endurance and you're strong in the might that god gives they can speak all manner of evil if they want to, just as long as you're one of them. Glory to God. One of them. That last verse said, be ye kind one to another, tender hearted. Here's another. Forgiving one another. Now this is the verse right before the, the dynamite when we're about to get in the next chapter. Last verse of the fourth chapter, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Listen, as God, as God forgive like God forgives, forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you Woo. you mean uh, my forgiveness predicates uh, oh, Are you saying if I don't forgive uh, others it won't be forgiven me are you saying that if I have an unforgiving spirit that I could become calloused and cold and miss the mark. Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. And the next verse, ready for the next verse? Hit it up there, chapter 5, verse 1. Be ye followers of God as dear children. So that makes God a father, because if we are dear children, then God owns us as His family and He says, act like you're part of the family. Quit acting like... I'll let you put that one together. Act like the family you belong to. Be ye therefore followers of God As dear children Wow Brian used to get the vacuum cleaner hose and he'd stick it up and use it for a microphone and he'd yell and scream the word is the Bible the word is the Bible the word is the Bible two or three years old running around with a microphone why was he doing that acting like his daddy His acting like his daddy. Charlotte. Crystal, those kids of Tony's. They would sing when they were little old bitty things. What were they doing? Acting like their daddy. This thing on? Acting like their daddy. Buckle your seatbelt. The reason we've got the highest crime rate in the world, the reason that by far we've got the greatest prison population in the world, is we've got daddies and mamas that won't raise their kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And many of the problems in our society is because the family unit has become so unstable in our culture. And I want to tell you, God feels very strongly and I'm going to tell you too, He's not going to put up with this kind of mess much longer. God, the Bible said, is not mocked. And what's going on in this country right now is a mockery of what God's Word says and what God's Word teaches. And we as fathers, moms and dads and grandparents, we need to pass a legacy on to our kids, an inheritance to our kids of believing the Word of God and walking in the instruction of the Word of God. Raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. As dear children, what does that say? Come on, Olivia. Lord, honey, I had not got... I've got 18 pages, and this is page 3. <laughs> I told them this morning when I walked in, they all ushers always get my sermon and take it up to the booth. Felt a little heavy this morning. <laughs> he looked at me and said, you preach all that, Pastor, we're going to be here a while. You know what? If we're followers, that means God is a leader. That means God leads His dear children in shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet. God leads His children along. Is He leading you today? On the mountain so bright or the valley so low God leads His children along. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Oh, glory to God. He leads us. Is He leading you today? Is He leading you today? I ask you, is He leading you today? And are you following hard? Are you following hard? Yeah, there's a ton more to preach and a lot of shouting material in there. But I first want you to know that God leads. Where He leads, He feeds. And where He guides, He provides. He's a God that goes before us. He leads us. He leads us by His Word. He leads us by His Spirit. He leads us by His power, that strength and that might that is placed in us. He leads us by His will, His purpose. He leads us. And I want to tell you, if God is your leader and you're following hard, that He's taken you to a wonderful place. The Bible said there's two ways. One is called a broad way. And the Bible said it leads to destruction. It's wide. And it's got a, a big gate. And the Bible said, and many, many there be that go in thereat. But Jesus said, but narrow, narrow is the way and straight is the gate that leads to life eternal. And Jesus said, and few there be that find it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that more people will be inhabiting hell according to Jesus' teaching that will be going to heaven the many and the few two ways two destinations two entry points which way are you going which road are you on if you're on the wrong road I want you to help get on the right road this morning stand with me please all over this house You may say, Yes, Pastor, I need that strength so that I can walk worthy of God. I need God to help me make that transition. That sacrifice that was made, that Sephora, that sacrifice that was a peace offering between my lost soul and the Lord Jesus. now I want to tell you, there is a Savior. There is a Savior who is saying, Come unto me. All of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's a Savior that is saying, If you drink the water that I shall give, you'll never thirst again. There's a Savior that's saying, If you'll trust what I did for you at Calvary, You can be freed and you can leave here a new creature in Christ Jesus. Put off the old, put on the new and become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That can be you today. Are you ready for a fresh start? Are you ready for a new beginning? Today could be that day for you. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. You could adapt some principles today and say, God, I'm going to start following hard. I didn't know there was a difference in following and following hard. God, there have been times in my life when I was just following. But Lord, I'm I'm ready to follow you hard. I'm ready to really get down to business, God, and pray prayers that touch God, that open heaven. I'm ready to really get serious about my relationship, God. I've known you in a casual relationship. I want to know you more fervently and more intently than I've ever known you before. I want to know you better. God, I bring this congregation to you today at the close of this feeding of the bread of God, the bread of life. There are some that are standing here, O oh Lord, today that are all over the spectrum. There are people here from all walks of life, all kind of backgrounds, But Lord, every one of us in this house needs something. We're all in common agreement about this. We need to leave here knowing that we're qualified, that we're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Your dear Son. And we make that appropriation this morning that what You have done for us, what no other power could do, and you said for us to come and follow you. And Lord, we're hard after that goal of following you today. Touch us now, O Lord Jesus. Touch us right now. Touch every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, every person in this room. Touch every one of us, God. And let us leave your change by the power of the Almighty Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your touch this morning. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your touch. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. My hand is not shortened that it cannot save, saith the Lord. Say not in your heart that there's many days and lots of time. For my coming is near. And things are shaping up in this world, saith the Lord, that will hasten in my arrival, my appearing. Seek me while I may be found and call upon me while I am near. I'm a God that can be found. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Follow hard after me, my people, and you will find rest for your souls and you will walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Would you say thank you, Lord, this morning? Thank you, Spirit of God, for speaking to us. We praise you and we glorify you. Thank you, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Pray with me this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, in Your name I come to the throne room of God. I want to follow hard. I want to be strong in faith and power. I want to be like You in love and forgiveness. I want others around me to know that God has done a work in my life And my goal is to go to heaven and live with my Lord. And that's my testimony. And I'm sticking to it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Why don't you give God some real good praise? Amen. Do you have your communion cup with you? You did hear that last verse there that said, for this is our redemption for sin. A Savior went to Calvary's cross and shed His blood for all of the sins of the whole world. There will never be another Calvary. Once and for all, the Bible said, this man hath offered himself for the sins of the whole world. Jesus amidst the disciples, took the bread and he broke the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take ye and eat. In like manner he took the cup and he said, take ye and drink ye all of it. This is my blood which is shed for you. This do in remembrance of me till I come.